It's been definitely a huge learning experience this year, and I've really enjoyed um, really getting to um, delve into all of the different departments on our team and more than rather than just engineering. Um, so that's that's been really cool. That's a little bit of a change from just being a member on the team to being this in charge of the team. <laughs> Definitely, yeah. <laughs> we'll talk a little bit more about everything that you're over once we understand the structure a little bit more. Um, but Nathan, uh, talk a little bit about how long you've been on the team and kind of your role. Yeah. Hi, uh, my name is Nathan Miner. This is my sixth year on Teach Robotics. Um, as Cecil said, I'm the executive vice president, but I'm also the IT director, which is really neat. Um, you get to help program the robot and design our website. Um, yeah. Does everyone it. come to you with all their IT problems uh, on the team? Yeah. Yeah. Mainly. Do you just mostly turn it back off and on again? Pretty much. <laughs> Blame it on the engineers. That's awesome. And finally, Krishna Futra, uh, the engineering director. Hi. So I've been on the involved with teacher robotics for seven years and I'm in ninth grade. And by involved, I think that means that originally, before you were on the team, you got to be the mascot. Yes, I was. <laughs> Which a younger sibling. is arguably a very fun role because <laughs> you get to yes. wear a fun costume. <laughs> so that's really awesome. So let's kind of be, again, we're talking about robotics. You're wondering, how on earth does this work? What are they doing? Uh, Emma, can you kind of explain oh, the competition that you all participate in, how it works? Yeah, so we participate with uh, BEST Robotics which stands for Boosting Engineering Science Technology. And they are a national organization that um, provides this competition for us. They uh, provide us the field and the competition uh, school and everything and the hubs. Uh, so we're a part of the Cowtown Hub. There's many different hubs in, across the area and the nation. And so we're part of the Cowtown Hub, but this is the Fort Worth one. And so for each... Each team, it's it's so much more than just building a robot. Uh, it's more than just the engineering aspect because obviously we also have to program the robot so it can actually move. But then we also have a marketing team. And so that's because we have to basically sell our robot to judges. And so we have to um, build a eight foot by eight foot by eight foot booth to market our robot uh, on the competition day and give a marketing presentation to sell our robot to the judges. And um, so that's, it's so much more than just the engineering aspect of it. It's also the marketing and IT aspect for our website as well. So so basically you're having to create a company and yes. to not only make something, but also sell it as well. Yes. And I, I'm glad that you pointed out that it's not just the engineering point. Cause I, I forgot to mention that I am an alumni from teach robotics. I was on it for one glorious year, my senior year, uh, which is now a very long time ago. I'm realizing, but <laughs> it was a lot of fun and I absolutely did not touch the robot whatsoever. <laughs> I did photo <laughs> photography and helped with the marketing and a lot of other things. Um, and then every year there's a theme, right, to the how the game is played and what the robot has to do. So, uh, Krishna, I think you were going to kind of talk about how that works this year. Yes. So this year's theme is incision decision, which is a medical themed, uh, medical themed game. So the field is set up as a patient on a surgical bed. So it's from a top view. There is a brain on the top, there's a heart in the middle, and there's some leg veins on the bottom. And then our robot is given 10 different surgeries 
that we can do on this simulated body. So for example, we can do a brain biopsy and insert stents in arteries or do a heart bypass surgery. That's just some of the different surgeries we can do. And so I think people might be getting the idea that every year that best chooses a theme that's something that is a real life issue that you all can try to make robots to be able to help with. Um, obviously, you know, you're, you're robots. I, I mean, how big are these robots? Are we talking like, are, are we talking big robots, little robots? Like roughly what size are they? The, the maximum size is two cubic feet and we usually go pretty close to the limits. <laughs> you like to just like get as close as possible. <laughs> we try not to, but we kind of end up doing it anyway. Uh, so Nathan, can you want to describe exactly how game day works and what your robot is going to be doing and what you have to allow it to do to kind of win the competition mm -hmm. so yeah um there's multiple things that we can do to score points and we the harder the challenge the more points you get um we are doing some of the hardest this year one of them is we it's called a actually i'm not don't remember the name that's okay but it is. <laughs> i'm sure it's a, <laughs> some medical terminology or something <laughs> yes <laughs> it's okay I, I don't think i would know what it is anyway <laughs> mm -hmm. but we have to go get a um, leg vein. It's not actually a leg vein. It's made out of um, some other kind of material, but we pick it up and we insert it into a big piece of plywood, but we have to do it all blind. The only way we can see it is through a little iPad that our driver is get, given and a camera on the robot. Oh my gosh. And how long do you have to try to like do some of these tasks? Um, well, we're given three minutes to do all of this. Oh my. But we are... Um, we, since there's multiple things that we are doing, um, we, we're divvying them up. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. Awesome. A uh, reminder that I'm talking to Teach Robotics, which is a Catholic homeschool robotics team that is having their competition at the beginning of November on November 4th. Um, and you can come see them. The theme is Incision Decision. Is that right? Incision Decision. So it's a medical themed one. They have to make their robot uh, perform certain surgical tasks, obviously not on actual real people um, or even, I mean, it's going to be like items that you can find around your house really is what it, they're being used for. Um, but uh, Emma, regarding uh, leading up to game day, you as CEO and in charge of everything, you have a lot of things to look over, including the marketing. Do you want to kind of go into depth more about the marketing side of things? Yeah. So um, I've, um, as <clears throat> CEO this year, in the past, I've always been on engineering, so I'll do my best. I don't think we have anyone on marketing <laughs> actually <laughs> with us, so I'll do my best. Uh, but uh, for so for marketing, we have to build a booth, which is an eight foot by eight foot, by eight foot, um, booth, uh, cubicle. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, and it's, we're making out of wood this year and we have to have posters and stuff on it. And it's basically selling our robot and our team to the judges that are going to be at the competition. And so that's booth is a big part of marketing as well as presentation. And that is a, an about 30 minute long presentation that we give to the judges to sell our robot. We have, I think, seven people this year in our presentation team that are going to, team members that are going to be presenting it. And it's very stressful, but also the most <laughs> fun you'll ever have. And it's amazing. Especially really, once done. Yes, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> you do it for the relief, really. Yeah. And it's, it's really fun. And um, we also have marketing. This is, or not marketing, notebook. And this is a more of, a little more on the engineering side of things, but it's also kind of marketing where we have to uh, write a 
um, note, engineering notebook. And so the engineering notebook starts with a five page research paper on the topic and theme this year. So this year it's um, uh, robotic surgeries. And then we have a engineering design notebook. And so basically it just goes into the design process and that's like a 35 page uh, notebook. And it's, that's also very stressful. I've been, I've been manager of that and that it's really fun, but it's also a lot of work. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And I forgot to ask you all at the beginning. I mean, how many people do you have on your team? How many people are, you know, you have a notebook to do, you have a booth to build, you have the robot itself to build and people have to drive it. How many people are involved this year? This year we have 25 members. Awesome. So. And what is the age range? Our age range, we have uh, fifth grade through 11th grade. We don't have any seniors this year. <laughs> this year, next year, they'll be a senior, right? Yeah. <laughs> there you go. So. That's awesome. Uh, and uh, Krishna, you kind of talked about all the stuff that the, you know, the, the robot has to do, but how long did you have to even know what the theme is to when the robot has to be working? Like, Yes. So typically we have around eight weeks to work on a robot. They have a kickoff where, we, where they present the field to us and show us the different ways to score points. And then we have a brainstorming process that goes into the notebook and we figure out which, which operations we want to do because there's a lot of opportunities that score points and we can't do it all in just a three minute round. So you have to narrow it down to what we want to do and then the by the eighth week, we should have a working robot. You hopefully robot. have a robot that's moving at that point. Because yes. like, let's be honest, I got left with all the materials to build a robot in eight weeks. It probably would still not be moving unless I like pushed it by the end of the eight weeks. <laughs> but that is just <laughs> not my talent. Um, so eight weeks, that's not very much time. Nathan, how often are you all meeting to kind of get this done? Mm -hmm. Yeah, we meet um, every Monday. We meet from one o'clock to six o'clock. And we meet every Friday from one to nine. And we also meet on Saturdays because when we started the year, we realized that was not enough time <laughs> yeah. to complete a robot in eight weeks. So yeah, we also had to add Saturdays. So when we're recording this, it's probably mm, three-ish weeks out from the competition. How do you all feel like you're doing? It's going pretty well. <laughs> uh, the past week has been a lot more productive. Um, and I feel like we're in a good place now. I was a little worried <laughs> at the, towards the beginning, but uh, it's always, I'm sure, very nerve wracking at the beginning. Um, and obviously you all are a Catholic team. Um, and so I know like I look at your guys' Instagram page, I think it's at teach robo is if people want to follow you all on Instagram. Um, it's like a beautiful logo with a cross in the middle of it. Um, it kind of almost looks like the Eucharist. Um, so how do you all integrate the faith uh, life into this? Because obviously, um, we need to have engineers and people in marketing who are Catholic and living out their faith and y'all are kind of practicing that for life. Um, so how do y'all integrate the faith, Krishna? Well, so our team is 100% Catholic. On the beginning of the season, we had a survey to our team and we asked what was most, what they thought would be the goal for the team. So the options were somewhat near like faith, fun, learning, winning, and faith came out to be the first. So that shows how much we try to integrate the faith. We pray at the beginning and end of meetings and we had 10 mass as a team before the competition. So that's really nice. You gotta get those extra graces before you go into competition. <laughs> yes. How about on game day? Are you all praying at least in your heads all the time? <laughs> we, we go 
and pray with uh, another team that's Christian, and they usually they usually invite us to pray with them. That's really nice. And before rounds, which if we remember, and we're not too <laughs> yes, busy. Exactly. <laughs> Sometimes it's, it's the internal praying that's happening in the, your head, for sure. Uh, and I guess on game day, I mean, how many teams roughly, like how, how big of a group that does this? This year at our hub, there's 24 teams. 24 teams. Okay, awesome. Uh, and they're coming from different backgrounds. There's going to be like public schools, private schools, and some other homeschoolers as well. Do you all find that being uh, a homeschool team has advantages? What do you all, What do you think? Well, I think a homeschool team, with a homeschool team, there's an advantage and a disadvantage. We're able to have more flexibility in our meeting times. Like me, my, Nathan said, that we we could add extra hours pretty easily. But then there's also the downside of that. We don't really have the tools that and the money that the public schools have. Mm, yeah, absolutely. Uh, which I will, I guess, go ahead and ask Emma, like if someone is listening and is interested in A, just learning more, but also if there's some option to support you all, um, what can they do to reach out to you all? If you, well, if you'd like to support us, Prayers are always, always appreciated. Yeah, that definitely. <laughs> the best way. Uh, if you, but also if you'd like to financially support us, uh, we, you can always uh, contact us at info at teachrobotics.org. Oh, teachrobots.org. Sorry. <laughs> and, um, there, and also visit our website, which is teachrobots.org. So. Awesome. Uh, and you all have, you've got, you go around and get sponsors to be able to get the funding that you need to be able to put this on. Any sponsors that we want to thank today? Yes, we'd like to thank Best Robotics because they have organized this whole thing, given us this opportunity, and Anderson Lighting and Electric because they are our biggest sponsor this year. Awesome. And uh, I want to get the information about, we'll, we'll talk about specifics about if they want to go and see the competition because it's something that's open to the public that you can go and watch if you want. I've never seen a robotics competition and what that looks like. It's a lot of fun. Um, but I know that you all also usually choose a patron saint. Um, so who wants to talk about the patron saint this year and why that particular one was chosen? I have no idea who this is. So I'm very curious to know who you came up with. Okay. Well, our patron saint this year is St. Giuseppe Muscati. It's not very common saint, but he is a modern day saint who was a surgeon and he was Italian. He would, we chose him for the saint because he integrated his faith a lot into how he did it in the surgical field. He would encourage his patients to receive the sacraments before surgeries and he would pray before visiting the, his patients. So that was really nice. That's super awesome. I like that you are able to pull into the team, um, to the theme of the game and then also everyone gets to learn a little bit more about him. Um, I'm going to ask you all in just a second to go. We're going to go down the line. We'll start with Emma and uh, go Nathan and then Krishna. Um, but to talk about maybe what you have enjoyed or the benefits that you've had from being in robotics um, over the past few years and then maybe also a favorite memory, whether it be a funny one, uh, you know, or, or a more serious one. Um, but before that, I wanted to bring into the conversation really quickly um, one of, I forgot to ask you beforehand if you actually had a title. If it, Are you one of the coaches this year? All right, Laura Miner, who is uh, one of the coaches and also a mom of uh, Emma and Nathan. Um, and just kind of talk about from your perspective, because you've got to watch your kids do this now for a little while. I guess what you have seen is some of the benefits and also just getting to see them grow in faith and community together. Um, and so anything you want to comment on that? Oh, absolutely. I think robotics has been such a blessing in 
my children's lives, both Emma and Nathan. And now this is my daughter, Molly is 10. It's her first year on the team. She started as a mascot. So we started because my husband is an engineer. I thought the robotics aspect was really cool. I had no idea all that they would learn and grow from it. I think starting with the faith, our first meeting, I remember seeing these 16 and 17 and 18 year old kids, you know, kneeling and praying the litany of humility and the divine mercy together. And my young children were witnessing these teenagers do this. And I was so impressed and so humbled and knew that that's the kind of environment I wanted them to be in. These are the kinds of kids I wanted them to be around. And now they are the older kids and we have other little kids that are watching them. So it is such a blessing to see them grow in faith and also like they have mentioned it's not just a robotics competition it you know it's run like a business so they're growing in their decision making having to set goals having to look to the future see what the team needs meet the needs of others they're having to be very patient and dealing now with the younger siblings that are are learning (laughs) so it's just I think it's an all-around um just a blessing for them. And I think the skills that they're learning, they will be able to take with them into whatever job that they they have. They will, you know, their faith and the skills that they learn will be just a blessing to them. That's awesome. All right, guys, I'm giving you a couple minutes to think about what your, um, you know, favorite memory and also how you've benefited, you feel, from being a part of Teach Robotics. Um, but I reminded everyone that we're talking to the Teach Robotics Catholic Homeschool team. You can find out more about them at teachrobot.org. That's their website. Their competition's on November 4th. We'll also get all that information. There's going to be a live stream, but you can also go in person um, to see and kind of get an idea of what it's like. And also, if possibly you fall into or your child falls into the age range and also all the different things that you need to be homeschool Catholic um, to be a part of the team. Maybe you can also reach out or you can maybe learn how to start your own team for being part of Best Robotics. So we'll start with Emma Miner, the CEO of Teach Robotics. Um, tell us your favorite memory and how you've benefited from Teach Robotics. Yes, I think <clears throat> benefiting... I. I have made so many incredible friends on the team and I think that's one thing that I've has I have benefited from is the amazing people that I have worked with on this team but also more than that I I I've grown I can see it how much I've grown in just uh leadership and and more things like that rather than like all the engineering skills of course but also like the uh, working with others leadership um delegating all of that as well. And it, it's, it's been amazing. And I've seen myself grow. <laughs> it's kind of weird. Um, and a favorite memory was probably, I think two years ago, uh, we all went to take our team picture and then somehow it turned into a spontaneous dance party and we were just blasting music and all dancing around doing just dancing. And it was just like really, really fun. I don't know. Uh, But must have gone some great pictures that day. Oh yeah. (laughs) And videos. (laughs) And videos. All right. And Nathan Miner, the executive vice uh, president, vice, that's not right. That's not right. Executive. No, that was right. Okay, perfect. I was like, I wrote it down and then I misplaced where I wrote it. Um, uh, First off, does that mean that you're eventually going to be CEO one day? Yes. Okay. Um, Yeah, I would be CEO next year, but because um, we have no seniors this year, Emma will be remain CEO next year and reigning CEO. Okay, got yep. it. All right, <laughs> awesome. Be two years. Okay, awesome. So you talk about your favorite memories and also how you benefited. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I benefited a, definitely a lot from Teach Robotics. Um, like Emma said, I've made so many amazing friends and have so many great memories. Um, not only that, I've learned so much about like the engineering design process, 
um, how a business functions, and even because ours in IT, how to program a robot and how to build a website. That's something that's really neat. Um, one of my favorite memories is it was my first year on the team in 2018. Um, uh, the director of IT, um, he, I asked him why we put a key into, we call it the brain of the robot. It's kind of what transmits um, throughout the robot, what does what. And I asked him why we put the key in there, which is like kind of like it gives it the signal, like the Bluetooth between the remote. Asked him why, but he didn't hear me and he walked off. And so the manager, his name was Anthony. Um, he's a friend, but he was like, the reason we put it up there is because if we don't put it in fast enough, then all the program will just fall out. <laughs> and so I believed it. And for years, I always put it in as fast as I could. Thinking that it was going to fall out. That's great. I wonder, out. does Anthony know that you're still, uh, does he know that you still believe that for many years? Or does he? I'm not sure. Not sure. He, he planted that little seed. It was a great joke for him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's hilarious. All right. And Krishna, the engineering director, um, talk uh, about your experience. Well, I've... I think what skills I learned is to work with people who have a different style and maybe different opinions on how to do things and just having to go and not have to do, have your own way. And then a memory is that my, on my first year on the team, uh, our CEO gave us an incentive to win first place in two categories. And he, his incentive was to buy us I think two dozen donuts for the team <laughs> if we won first place in both. Unfortunately, we didn't. Oh, that was so he didn't funny. have to pay for the donuts, I guess. No, he didn't. That's pretty funny. I mean, that's pretty great uh, incentive. You always can, you know, get me to do things with food for sure. Um, well, just before we let you all go, I've been talking to the teacher robotics team. Can we get the information about the competition um, on November 4th and how people can maybe watch it or how could they can follow your guys' journey until then and support you all? Uh, Emma, do you have that information? Yeah, so if you'd like to come to our competition, it's open to the public, so you're welcome to come and watch us. Um, it's The competition is on November 4th. It's at Kennedale High School. I'm not sure where that is, but it's in the area, Kennedale <laughs> High School. And you can also watch the, I think Best will be live streaming it on YouTube. So you can watch it on Best YouTube. Just look up the Cowtown Best competition and you can see our team compete. And... Yeah. And then if anyone is interested in learning more about teacher robotics, maybe for next year and stuff like that, that uh, email to contact you all was uh, info at teachrobots.org. Info at teachrobots.org. And I don't think I ever mentioned it at the beginning, but Teach is a local Catholic homeschool group that you all an offshoot from and Teach stands for Texas Association of Catholic Homeschoolers. Yes. I realize we've been just saying teach, 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 and they're like, teach me what? Yes. <laughs> Texas Association of Catholic Homeschoolers. Uh, and I am looking forward to hearing how the competition goes on November 4th. Well, I'm sure everyone who's listening will be praying for you all, um, that it goes very well and that you represent Christ really well. Um, as well um, at the competition, but thank you all so much for joining me. Is there anything that we missed that you need, we need to bring up? We good? Awesome. Well, well thank you. Oh, yeah, well, you got- we have, I think, 
26 members. I don't know if that would really matter. <laughs> hey, 26 members, that one person, whoever it was that you forgot, it matters to them. <laughs> but thank you guys so much for coming in. Um, again, go to teachrobot.org to follow their journey and also check out the competition on November 4th with Best Robotics, the Cowtown Hub, um, and watch the live stream. Uh, this is the KTH 910 AM interview of the week, and uh, I hope that you have the great rest of your Saturday afternoon. And if you ever have any ideas for um, what can be on this program, it's really anything that's local and Catholic. So if it's a Catholic robotics team, that counts. You can always email Dave and I at kth at grnonline.com, kth at grnonline.com. We really love relying on the listeners to let us know what is happening in North Texas because we're a very vibrant Catholic community. Anyhow, I hope um, you have a great weekend and we'll speak with you again very soon. All are invited to join St. Joseph Parish in Richardson for their fall festival on Sunday, October 22nd from 11 a.m. to 6 p.m. The festival is famous for its international food from its multicultural parishioners. There will be family fun, food, games, and entertainment. The Guadalupe Radio Network will be broadcasting live from the festival. St. Joseph Parish is located at 600 South Jupiter Road in Richardson. For a schedule of events and ticket information, visit josephcatholic.org. Since 1991, the Church has directed Catholics to avoid investment in companies that violate Catholic teaching in areas such as abortion and contraception. Knights of Columbus Asset Advisors provides investments compatible with the teachings of the Catholic faith. Certified financial planner James Bell is an investment advisor representative. James can be reached by calling 817-608-7853. Sponsor of Guadalupe Radio Network, Knights of Columbus Asset Advisors is an SEC-registered investment advisor. Investing involves risk. KFCAA.com for more information. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the KTH 910 AM Interview of the Week here on the Guadalupe Radio Network in North Texas. I'm Dave Palmer. Cecil Anderson is on the other side of the glass here at our new studios in Las Colinas. And, you know, one of the things we like to do in this program is just introduce you to folks who are helping the station helping us to uh, thrive and as volunteers and sponsors and donors and that kind of thing. And I have uh, a married couple here in studio with me today who have uh, really been helpful to the station in many ways. And they have a really interesting story. And I don't know a lot about it, but we're going to learn the story of Chris and Sita Nisi here in the next 25 minutes or so. And uh, it's going to be some twists and turns. I think you're going to enjoy this one very much. But just by way of introduction, um, uh, Chris was born in New York uh, and Sita was born in uh, Germany. And they met online on a gaming um, online platform. And uh, Sita was brought up Hare Krishna. And Chris is a cradle Catholic and fell away and I mean, so you can see that, that this is going to be an interesting interview. And also, uh, Sita has been a, an amb- what we call an ambassador for us, a volunteer in many ways. They've also been generous donors. And so, first of all, I just want to say welcome to both of you and thank you for all you do to uh, to help the station. Thank you, Dave. <laughs> Chris is speechless yeah. for the first time. I, this is, yeah, for the first time, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so uh, I don't even, let's start with upbringing. Um, I, I gave a, a little bit of information here, but uh, Sita, let's start with you. You're born in okay. Germany into a family that practiced Hare Krishna. 
Yes, that's right. Okay, I don't think of Germany and Harry Krishna together much. I think, uh, but uh, tell us about your upbringing. Yeah, there's. I mean, there's quite a few actually. Um, at least back in the day when I was a kid. Yeah. I grew up in Berlin, um, so a city girl, and um, my parents they um, they went to India and they traveled a lot. They were very interested in like you know hippie sort of things. Yeah. Like you, you say it or I will. The H word, yeah, hippies. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so, yeah, they they were drawn to the Hare Krishnas. They're very much like um, Hindus. So yeah. they believe in reincarnation and, um, you know, gosh, it's been a long time. <laughs> so, so if we but, were to, somebody were to say, uh, what's the, the basic tenet of Christianity? I'd say, well, there's a triune God and we're you know, saved through the death and passion and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And, you know, so what, what's the kind of what's the core beliefs of Hare Krishna? You mentioned, you know, the reincarnation, but what else? Mm-hmm. Uh, basically that they so they do believe in one God. OK, um, but they also believe in the eternal soul. So everyone and everything. So whether it's human beings or uh, plants or animals, we all have a soul. And um, you go through a cycle of reincarnation, like you start out, uh, like let's say as a bug, and um, then you make your way up to um, more of a sophisticated animal, if you want to say it that way. (laughs) If you're a good bug, then you move up to uh, like (laughs) being a mouse or something. So to speak, you know, you make your uh, way through the animal kingdom. So, and um, once you reach um, uh, being a human, then it's sort of, there are certain things you can do to quote unquote earn your salvation. So you go to what they call, so heaven is what they call the spiritual world. Mm. And they believe that uh, no matter what you are in the spiritual world, world, whether you are a human or you're a blade of grass, you're full of happiness and eternity. And um, So the blade of grass could feel mm. happiness. Yes. Interesting. Yes. All right. So that's obviously just a snapshot of your upbringing, Germany, yeah. Hare Krishna, hippie parents. And now across the world, we've got Chris being born into Brooklyn, uh, uh, no, Queens, Queens, yeah. Queens, New York, into a practicing Catholic family? Yeah, I mean, partially. Anyway, mom was uh, Catholic, dad was raised Lutheran, but dad uh, doesn't really believe still even. And uh, so mom would go to church and we would go with her to make her happy and um and, you know, do the rosary with her, just, you know, say these words. It makes mom happy. And then when, you know, hit middle school, it was just, just stop going to church, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then that just started a fall into, you say almost atheism, but you'd call it more agnosticism. Is that right? Most Jews for about 20 years? Yeah. And I mean, that started well before I stopped going to church with mom. Just I was old enough to, like... She couldn't physically drag me anymore. Um, so, <laughs> you got too big. <laughs> but yeah, but when I was a kid, always like, you know, it's hard to look around at the world and think there's no God. But I yeah. was like, whoever it is, how, how dare we uh, think we can identify him or, or know anything about him, really? Mm-hmm. So you were thinking it through, at least. Uh, yeah. 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 All right. So at some point, 
Um, Sita, you ended up in California. Yes. So how, from Germany to California, how did that happen? Um, I was traveling with a friend to New York. And then um, I'm, again, for a Hare Krishna event, we were in a, in a temple over there in New York. And I uh, met a man and he suggested we go to California where he was from. He was also living in a temple. And so I just um, called my mom and said, hey, I'm going to extend my trip. I met this guy. And um, yeah, I just stayed. I, I, I flew back to Germany after three months and packed up my stuff and then mm. moved to California. Were your parents happy about that or were they, was that concerning? Uh, no, not at all. Yeah. I mean, my, my dad was always more distant, so it was hard to read him. But um, yeah, my mom was And uh, you happy. ended up marrying this guy guy right yes, correct. and it was not a good marriage no not at all yeah yeah we lived together in a temple in a little tiny room slept on the floor and <laughs> um that's just the way it was i mean for me that was normal back was then. that just because you are poor or is that just the way harry krishna is no yeah that's just the way that's you live way. in a temple yeah okay mm-hmm. okay and after the divorce you immediately left harry krishna or was that not until you, you you met Chris, or maybe I should, I'm getting ahead of myself, because Chris <laughs> is now somehow no longer in New York, and so uh, where were you when, the, the two of you met on a, a game, right? So you're online. Yeah, so when I was little, moved around a lot, which is why I speak English, and uh, <laughs> so did a lot of growing up uh, in the suburbs in Pennsylvania, and uh, yeah, we I started playing this game online, uh, through it, found this friend in Montana, and then he was in this group that Sita was also in, and we just kind of started talking to each other in the game, went out, killed, or attempted to kill some, you know, monsters that ended up killing us, and then we'd just be sitting there dead in the game talking to each other. <laughs> and so, uh, and that led to eventually us talking on the phone. And you were, okay, now, so this, you're in California now, right? Yeah. Okay, and you're divorced. And I'm divorced. I moved out of the temple, had my own place. Still, still Hare Krishna, though. Or, or no? Sort of distancing myself from it, kind okay. of thinking everything through. Yeah. And how approximately, how old are you guys now when you're playing the game? Good question. 20s? Uh, yeah, early, yeah. early 20s. Okay. Yeah, we met when he was, um, yeah, 22 20. and 25. Okay, so oh, you're kind of mm-hmm. like leaving here, Krishna, uh, maybe kind of in spiritual no man's land. Yeah. You're somewhere floating agnostic, around agnostic yeah. and you're dead in a video game. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> wow, this looks like a place for conversion yeah. right here. Dead so, in the game and okay. spiritually. Yeah. So obviously a, a love connection happens. So how did y'all like, like, Hey, maybe we should meet, you know? Good question. Uh, we started playing. Um, there's this other, there's this way we were communicating through voice in the game. Yeah. And through that you could play other games. So, She's really good at backgammon, and so she liked playing me in backgammon because she won a lot until I started flipping it around. Yeah, yeah, that's yes. right. Uh, anyway, um, and then I don't know. We just uh, uh, actually it was right when I moved to uh, Dallas area um, that we met uh, at DFW Airport for the first mm-hmm. time, uh, and that was right before Christmas. Now, why were you in Dallas? To meet him because I was crazy enough to agree to. So you fly flew out from there. California because you're you're moving here to live here, right? Yeah. 
okay, from Pennsylvania or wherever you were. Yeah. Um, what, a job? Is that what it was? Uh, no, I got into a car accident, and um, Dad used to work in New York City, but after 9-11, uh, they pulled him down here to okay. uh, Coppell, Texas. And oh, so okay. I was just moving closer to the money, Mom and Dad. And your parents were at that point going to St. Anne's Coppell? Uh Mom was going to uh, Mary Immaculate in Farmer's Branch. Oh, okay, okay. So you you come down here. Cedar flies in from California to meet in person. Mm-hmm. And was that a good experience? Yeah, uh, you know, it, back then people really didn't meet online so much, and so was pulling up to the airport. Just please don't be a dude. Don't be a dude. Don't be a dude. <laughs> and yeah, and everything worked out great from there. <laughs> You were really thinking that? And she was having similar thoughts waiting there, like, don't so be had, some had, kind of crazy murderer. Had y'all not seen pictures of each other or anything? Uh, yeah, yeah, but you can but find pictures, you know, I mean, like, so. <laughs> but yeah. That is so funny. So, uh, okay, so did you end up moving here or uh, what what was the next step? Mm-hmm, yeah, so we met, it was then Christmas time and I actually met his family very fast and um within a year then i moved oh okay okay we moved uh, to sherman together yeah, yeah. all right so uh, we're, we're all getting to the point where now you're these practicing catholics that you are now <laughs> but we're not there yet so no. what was you know i'm just picturing here's chris agnostic here you got at least you know your mom's faithful she's going to mary immaculate you're still kind of running away from harry krishna so what was the catalyst? I mean, where 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 did the Catholicism come in? Uh, her actually, um, I was happy enough to go through life not thinking further about anything, and Sita always wanted to talk about God and spirituality to some extent, and so she would always talk about the Hare Krishna beliefs. And um, you've met me; you might know I have no problem laughing at ideas I think <laughs> are silly. And so I would just kind of scoff at a lot of that and be like, ah, there's no way it can be like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and debunk a lot of it, too, I got to say. Yeah, yeah. 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 So you were getting into some good conversations about faith. Mm-hmm. And uh, and uh, and so he was kind of questioning you about Hare Krishna. But you were trying to run away from it. Were you at this point still defending the Hare Krishna beliefs to him? Or, or were you trying to talk yourself out of it? Yes, because I couldn't understand the Christian god either yeah you know so um yeah for me it was just i was just really confused i think that's why i was seeking out conversations with him so much because uh-huh. i was trying to make sense of what was i believing all these years you know and um trying to find the truth uh-huh so and uh i i knew there's a god out there but i knew it wasn't that it's some mm-hmm. feminine blue guy with a flute right <laughs> Um, and so, uh, it, it, there were really lots of stages to it. Um, and so I, I ended up going to a Christian, uh, college that was kind of hostile to Catholicism mm-hmm. actually, but, uh, there, um, they make you take, you know, the Bible classes and stuff and they explained like how, uh, historically accurate and like, um, the foundation or reliability of the Bible, right? And so I said, "Uh, okay, like maybe this Jesus is real and decided to be Christian at that Mm -hmm. point. And then we started going to church uh, with mom again. You're Um, not married yet, right? 
no, not at this point. Mm-hmm. No. Okay. Um, no. But you're, but you're living here. You're now in North Texas, and you're yeah. dating, but not married. And okay, mm-hmm. and you're still questioning. Okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then after college, um, thought everything was going to work out degree wise, and um, which was a whole other story. And uh, but then we decided let's get married, and uh, the year after we were, or two years after we were married, right? Married in a Christian church, and uh, yeah. So we first, so I knew, right? We I knew Jesus at that point, and we knew, um, and then Catholicism was just comfortable because that's where mm-hmm. where we've been. And so went to a priest to uh, Father Michael Forge, actually, oh, Mary yeah. Mackey, yeah, and. Um, and said, hey, we want to get married. We want to do it right. And then he's like, well, you're living together. That's not doing it right. And then we're like, oh, okay. And then we ran off to some Baptist church where they'd, you know, marry two chickens if you wanted. <laughs> and so uh, we, I, we, it's the truth. It's the truth. What do you want from me? Yeah. Well, just by so, point of fact, I don't think the Baptists would marry two chickens, okay? Yeah. Just in case there's some Baptists listening. Yeah, but I, yeah. I know what you're saying. They, they wouldn't have the same standards. Right, right. Yeah, okay. and, and so we went off and, all right, a little bit exaggerated. It so, was a non-denominational church, yeah. It was? Yeah. yeah. I thought it was a Baptist church. Yeah. <laughs> no, but... But God, God bless Father Forge, because that's maybe the first time you guys were challenged about the way you were living, right? Yeah. And yeah. so... Um, so uh, we went and we got married uh, in a Christian church, at least. And then um, eventually I got fired from my job and immediately picked up a job delivering pizzas at night. And there is where um, I got bored with music. There's only so much you can listen to. So hit the radio. There's the politics guy. That was fun for a week. And then started channel surfing and hear this crazy nun Mother Angelica, and heard her talking a little bit, skipped it, and then went, huh? And I went back to it, and just, like, she was awesome. And and so I was listening to her for probably a few weeks before I, like, I was like, I should call her and talk to her, and I'm dumb not knowing in the middle of the night it's a recording <laughs> that's playing. But so short, shortly after, I was like, I really want to talk to her. I realized she had died a few years prior. Yeah. And, Another road. Um, yeah. And so um, on, on that, not only Mother Angelica, but Dr. David Anders, his show is just amazing for like church history and like how much he knows. He's just an encyclopedia. Yeah. But yeah, and that made me realize that Catholicism is the church that Jesus uh <clears throat> Wow. Started. Delivering pizzas, driving around. And so, yeah. <laughs> all right, so you're married, the non denominational church. You are where, Sita, spiritually at this point? Uh, he's he's now started probably coming home and talking about this nun he listened to. <laughs> and and uh, also, I know there was some tragedy because y'all had a miscarriage, yes. right? And so, Emma, yeah. just tell me where the, your perspective of this time in your life. Yeah, so, uh, so we, when we talked to um, Father at Mary Immaculate, it was clear that I had to become Catholic if we wanted to get married in the Catholic Church. Mm-hmm. And um, I considered it very, very briefly, but my conscience wouldn't let me do that. I was just like, I, I do believe in God, and, and, and uh, I cannot lie and become Catholic just to get married. That's not right. So, um, But 
but yeah, we um, spiritually, I was just, I, I call myself spiritual, you know, believing in God, and that was about it. Mm-hmm. So definitely distant. I, I was done with the higher Krishnas, but I was definitely not a Christian yeah. by any means. Um, <clears throat> so then, yeah, when we got married uh, 2013, a few years after we were, um, we decided we wanted children, and um, we were trying at, uh, at the end of 2016. And then we did have a miscarriage, um, which led to many, many <laughs> doctor visits because my body kind of just went out of whack. And um, so about eight months into a lot of doctor's visits, they found out that I had a brain tumor and that that was the cause um, for our miscarriage because our baby couldn't get mm. The, the nutrition and everything that it needed because the tumor was wrapped around my pituitary gland. So mm. that's a whole yeah, uh, yeah. another medical story. Um, so yeah, and um, so I had to deal with um, the loss of the child. I mean, we both did. And um, just infertility in general kind of like looking at our future very differently we had plans my husband was always wanting like 10 children you know and um and i love that story you told me where you came went to him and said you know something along the lines oh maybe i'm not the right person for you i'm not gonna be able to give you any children oh yeah he said what yeah so i told him you know um now's the time to run i know you didn't sign up for this you didn't sign up for this uh, tumor and for I mean we didn't know what that would lead to at the point and then yeah. I said and I know you want children and I said find a young girl that's <laughs> fertile and, and and run and um, he said that he married me and that that was important and um, you know he made vows and he meant them mm, and so God. yeah yeah and uh, our upbringings and views of marriage are just different uh-huh. she uh her parents got divorced when she was six, and uh, mom just, if one thing stuck, it was uh, marriages, you know, forever. Yeah, yeah. And it's just something that makes sense. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Anyway, you take vows, they write sickness and health, good times and bad. So, yeah. yeah. Here we are. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> well, praise God. That's awesome. So now he's he's getting really interested in the Catholic Church. He's listening mm-hmm. to this crazy radio station and, <laughs> uh, you know, Mother Angelica, Dr. Anders, and. Yeah. Well, how how did you finally, you know, kind of come into the, the same lane? Yeah. So, I mean, he told me about the Catholic radio as well. He said, tune into it. And I was hesitant, but I'm like, OK, I'll do that. And so I started listening here and there, too. Um, but I was really still like I was just really wounded and and, and um, uh, desperate and sad. And like, you know, um, I didn't have. God to hold on to at the time, you know, I just had myself and my husband and, and so, um, I would spend a lot of time outside by myself and just kind of pondering, you know, what should we do here? Where's our future going to go? And, um, one night I was just sitting on, on our balcony and I was looking up into the sky and, um, for the first time in my life, I actually said a prayer because, um, I grew up meditating and, 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 and kind of reciting things at God, but I never had like this personal exchange with him. But that night I just looked up and t- to the heavens, so to speak, and said, God, I, I'm just lost 
and I don't know what to do. Like, please help me. Tell me what to do. And it was so instant. I mean, God was just like, you need Jesus. And it was like he flipped a switch. And I knew I'm becoming Catholic. Jesus is the way. Let's do this. I mean, it was, um, it was almost, I didn't, it was almost like hearing a loud voice, like finally, you know, like, gosh, I've been waiting for you to, to ask me this. Yeah. 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 And it all, everything changed that night. And then you went, uh, yeah, Chris. And so that was before that time in church? That was the night before we went to oh, church. Oh, wow. Crazy. Yeah. So the next day, right? She, and, and this is before we got, no, right? When we got married in the baptism. Thanks for listening to KATH 910 AM, Frisco, Dallas, Fort Worth, and North Texas on the Guadalupe Radio Network, Catholic radio for your soul. Heard also at grnonline.com and on your smartphone.